It is another edition of Making Money with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gordon Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. Ron and I love talking about investing. We've been around, well, you, we've both been around this game for a while, Ron. We've seen bear markets. A lot of people, as you pointed out sort of in your little encapsulation last week to promote the show this time around, a lot of people run and hide in a bear market. They sell everything at the bottom and, and they go into a panic mode. And that's really not the way to maneuver here, is it? No, you need to understand what is a bear market, how long they last, and and certainly how to take advantage of them and why they are essential for healthy markets. So you learn to embrace them, not fear them. And when you learn to embrace them, you can take advantage of them because bear markets are one of those few opportunities every decade that come along where you can buy things that eventually, when they bounce back, you can generate a huge amount of wealth from that. The rest of the time, you're playing around among uh, the bulk of the market that's fully priced. Whereas in a bear market, that definition of a bear market is that you get lots of opportunity to buy things at prices you normally don't see. Okay, so we've had a few of these before. (laughs) Of course, everybody thinks back to 1929, the big crash that started the Depression, right? That's sort of where we sort of keep track from? Yeah, there's been a total of 17 bear markets since 1929. They happen roughly every five to six years. The longest span we've ever had without a bear market was between 2009 and 2020, and that was a period of 11 years. The shortest is 11 months between 1931 and 1932. And don't forget, this was the prelude to World War II, and it was a very difficult time. Uh, they typically last 21 months, but the longest was 61 months. But here again, it happened in 1937, and it went right into uh, essentially 1942, and that's when the tide changed, and it looked like the Allies were starting to gain the upper hand, and enthusiasm was starting to come back. The shortest bear market we've ever seen is one month, if you can believe it. And that was in 2020. Markets dropped 33%. And that was uh, when we found out that COVID was going to be a global phenomenon. And we had that one month drop in markets. Everybody got scared and started pouring money into the economy. Things bounced right back. The average drop is 34%. The worst was 1929. And that's because the Fed at that time and bankers had no clue what they were doing. Uh, Markets dropped 86%. And the mildest bear markets, and of course, a bear market by definition is down 20 percent, were the bear markets of 1976 and 1990. And uh, they were both down 20 percent. I remember you and I having lunch on the day that the 1991 started. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Does that date us? I mean, one of the reasons we do this show, Gord, is because we don't have to read about history. We can just remember it over the lunches we had over the years. We've lived it. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. we've definitely lived it. So what causes a bear market? I mean, I, there's any number of things that can contribute to them, right? Yeah. The, one of the big ones is just, frankly, people getting scared. And when you see headlines about wars, about droughts, about trade sanctions, about saber rattling, about, you know... Uh, currency problems, about rising interest rates. Uh, The average investor looks at this and goes, well, 
maybe it's just time for me to cash in my chips and move to the sidelines. And of course, it becomes a reinforcing behavior. When one person does it, other people do it, then you end up with way more sellers than buyers. And that's the definition of a bear market, is that you get more sellers than buyers, so the markets go down at least 20%. Okay, economic slowdowns, as you said, you know, there are a lot of people speculating we're going to be in a recession the second half of this year. Yeah, business conditions work, worsen, profits decline. Uh, another reason is that is essentially tied into that. You know, when business conditions worsen, it's often because interest rates are rising to fight inflation just like they are now, where short rates have gone up to 5% here over the last couple of months. So when that happens, it costs more to borrow, things slow down, and that just uh, causes the economic slowdown, causes people to be scared. So these are all interconnected. Uh, political mismanagement. Uh, you cite a couple of examples here, Argentina and Venezuela. You know, I watched a documentary about a week ago on Argentina. I have not been to that part of the world. I'd like to go someday. Buenos Aires is such a big, vibrant city, and they are a political mess down there, like inflation. Holy moly. They keep electing uh, the, a political class that wants to get votes. So anybody that's fiscally responsible doesn't tend to last in these places. Or in Venezuela's case, you know, you've got a dictator who is... Uh, Hugo Chavez? Yeah. Yeah, uh, who doesn't tend to have any economic training whatsoever. He's a Marxist socialist. And uh, he's run the economy right into the ground. So political mismanagement is certainly an, a reason for a bull market. If you don't have competent hands at the tiller, you're going to end up in trouble. And what didn't, tends to happen in these places is debt levels get so high that the costs associated with repaying the interest on those debts drowns out the profits of the underlying assets or tax base. And uh, then you start having defaults, and that's what's happened to Argentina, Venezuela, Greece. I mean, the, the list goes on. Zimbabwe, uh, Cuba, you know, there's just a long list of companies that are serial defaulters. There's companies that, are, that go through the same thing. They can never seem to get their act together. They always take on too much debt. They can't pay it off, and they, they just can't seem to attract the kind of leadership to turn these things around. So you alluded earlier, you said that these, bull, these bear markets are necessary uh, in a healthy market. So do you want to explain that one? Well, take a look at your garden. And, uh, Gord, every time I come to your place, I'm always very impressed when we sit out on the, uh, on the balcony during the summer on your deck and just looking around at how immaculate everything is. Well, if you have a garden and you let the weeds grow, the weeds choke out the growth. And just like weeds in a garden, if you've got too many unhealthy and badly uh, run companies, it chokes out the growth for the rest of the economy. And of course, when debt gets uh, too high, it drowns out profit. So many of these unhealthy companies have huge amounts of debt. So the, the only way that debt's going to get reduced is through uh, the company gets sold, the assets are, are dispersed, the cash is used to pay down the debts. Uh, these companies get restructured or some of that debt gets written off through bankruptcy. And then what happens then is capital gets released so that capital starts flowing to the 
healthy growing businesses in the economy, not the, the, the basket cases. And of course, government plays a part in that. If governments become too big, uh, typically money flows to paying off their debt, money flows to a lot of unproductive things. So there just isn't enough capital in an economy to grow healthy businesses. So debt can really be uh, uh, a killer. And that's why bear markets come along. They're like a safety valve on a pressure vessel. They prevent bubbly markets from getting out of hand. You know, I remember as a kid going to the top of a hill when it was wet and making a snowball and then pushing it to a point. My dad was way bigger than I would, would give it a push and it would roll down this hill and it'd be enormous by the time it got to the bottom. And when too many people lose too much money, it can cause an economy to collapse. So falling prices bring reality into a runaway market before it can cause too much damage. I mean, the tech bubble took the market down 50%, but if it had gotten bigger, it could have destroyed the economy. Thousands of companies had sky-high valuations, and none of, many of them had no possibility of ever having sales, let alone profits. And so it brings reality back to the marketplace. So bear markets can cause investors then to focus on fundamentals instead of the story. And we've talked about that so often. Don't listen to the story. Do your homework. Find out what's really going on with a company, right? Yeah. I mean, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a show on Ponzi schemes. And this just is where the returns, there's just no possible way the returns can be this good. And of course, what brings people back to reality is fear. So all of a sudden, people start looking at valuations, debt levels, growth rates, management skills, competitive advantage, all the things that they ignored when they were just tasting stories. And a little bit of fear causes investors to think more beyond just the hype before pulling the trigger. It's actually a wonderful thing. So it focuses investors back to putting their money in quality things rather than just chasing stories. And this... Uh, uh, causes them to make much better business decisions and not make reckless, unprofitable ones. Uh, a good example is gold miners. When gold miners start believing that the world is going to end, they start buying up gold companies at high valuations and take on so much debt to do it that it ensures that the transaction will never be profitable. If you pay too much money for something, you'll never get a return on your investment. The sector then collapses and the cycle starts all over again. So. You see this happening, in, in, especially in commodities, over and over again, where the sector collapses, things get restructured, and then you, you're off on another bull market. So this just is a way of, of sorting out the losers. And, 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 and you know when you get a cabin that hasn't been cleaned in two years, you come in, it just cleans out all the stuff and, and allows people to focus on things that really work at, and the quality companies that, uh, frankly, people should be looking at anyways. This market isn't playing any favorites right now. There's a lot of sectors that are getting clubbed pretty pretty badly, aren't there? Real estate, stocks, fixed income, and uh, have been hurt. And we've seen a bloodbath in crypto, technology, venture capital. Some of these areas are down 70, 80 percent. So there's a, there's, the markets, especially in particular sectors, have really been hurt here. What do you do? What's the best approach? To to be patient and and you nibble around the edges when you see a good quality company that's fallen pretty dramatically? That's exactly what you do, Gord. Bargains like we're seeing currently are are rare, and so you want to use these opportunities. Not everything's cheap. In fact, there's sectors that are still way overvalued. But you start nibbling around the edges, and since you don't know how long a bear market will last or if it can drop further, 
I usually recommend buying a security that's down, that's high quality, in two or three pieces rather than trying to buy it all at once. And once you're fully invested, you hang on for at least a business cycle. And to give the economy and the company a chance to produce a good outcome for you. So that's usually four years plus. And often, if you're buying quality names when they're cheap, um, the outcome is going to be very, very profitable. So don't be afraid. Uh, be wise. And uh, pick your spots. And you'll come out of this on the other side far better off. At least we hope that's the case anyway. We cross our fingers. We're back next week with another edition of Making Money. Remember, Ron, if we always say, like, we did a show on questions a few weeks ago. If you have a question, forward it to us. Uh, you'll often take the time to answer them personally, and uh, we sometimes incorporate them into a show. So questions are always welcome, correct? Absolutely. Just get to us, letsmakemoney.ca. We'll get your message there, or you can reach us also through cfcw.com, where our show is hosted. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.